Hey, Craig. This is a year that will never end. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> Bro, we're not even halfway through the year. I, I, <laughs> this has yeah. been like the longest, like, every anytime I think about something that happened in January, oh like, I think about WSU's last basketball game, which was in early March. Yeah. And that just seems like a lifetime ago, forever ago. Like, I, yeah. it's ridiculous. I was uh, I was having a Zoom meeting with my students and uh, and I made a mention that we were uh, that we were wrapping up week five of distance learning and um, getting ready to start week six. And at fir- and they were like, wait, we've only been out of school for five weeks. I was like, no, because we had like, let's see, the first week we didn't do anything. The next week we kind of did like a thing. And then the week after that was spring break. And then we finally did something. So no, we've been out for you know, basically two months now, but still it's like, <laughs> God, it feels like, it feels like it's been a year. Like it's insane. And I, and I'm sure people listening are wondering, it's, I feel like it's been already a year during this podcast before you guys even, uh, introduce yourselves. <laughs> it um, feels like a year. This is podcast versus everyone. Um, I'm Craig Powers with me is Jeff Newser. Hello. How are you doing, Jeff? Ah, oh, I'm good. I'm working a lot of hours. We've talked about this. We won't go over won't go over that, but man, like teaching's hard from a distance. So I'm thankful to get to talk to you tonight about a whole bunch of bullshit that doesn't mean anything. Ah, uh, yes. Bullshit that doesn't mean anything. Um, which is a nice break from bullshit I mean that's what that we miss the something. most, right? Yeah. That's what we miss the most is like being able to pay attention to something stupid that's actually meaningless. Yes. I can't wait for Saturday morning to do that like, again. I think we've revealed that we are now all uh, Borussia Dortmund fans. I think I think we right. talked about that. Yep. So I discovered, you know this, I discovered on my DVR that at some point in like November, I have YouTube TV. And so I set it up to record all the Bundesliga matches because I've got unlimited space. And who knows, I might want to watch a soccer match someday. Well, that has come in really handy <laughs> for learning about my new favorite team, Borussia Dortmund. And so I've been watching uh, – so I've, I, they're, they're mad. They went back like, I don't know, 10 or 11 matches uh, out of the you know 25 or so that they've played. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to start watching Borussia Dortmund matches. And what's crazy is like I don't, didn't really know anything about them, so it's almost kind of like I'm watching it in real time without knowing anything. So I'm just watching these games. I don't know the scores. All I know is that like right now, Borussia Dortmund's in second place, but I don't know how they got there. I don't really know any of the players. Like, and so I'm watching these games. And by the way, if anybody listening to this podcast is thinking like, yeah, I'd kind of like to follow a sports team and I can get behind soccer. I am telling you, you could do no better than Borussia Dortmund. This team is fucking bonkers like they they are like all <laughs> offense no defense and their <laughs> offense is like i swear it's like watching the fucking air raid like it's just like they just bomb down the field on counterattacks and they just attack and attack and attack and attack and they give up some of the shittiest goals you'll ever see and it's <laughs> never boring it's never it's incredible it's never boring and so i'm just like yeah this is uh this is too much fun. I, I think they've only lost like a couple of matches that I've watched. They've won the rest of them. Actually, no, they had a draw against Leipzig that was absolutely insane where they had like 
two back passes that were intercepted and put in the back of the net. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. And so I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually been a lot of fun watching them. I think I've watched seven or eight matches so far. So anyway, yeah, I highly recommend picking a team, you know, nothing about finding a bunch of recordings, a team that's going to be playing here coming up. Borussia Dortmund's a great one. Saturday morning. Yeah. I so, don't know if it's on TV. I hope it is. It is, it it is, is on TV. It's on, I think it's on FS1. Sweet. Yeah, 6.30 so, in the morning. Yeah. Playing I'll against the hated Schalke. Yeah. Hated our Fuck hated those rivals. guys. Yeah. Fuck I them. Even, I don't even know how to say that in German, B- but I'm, BV- I'm going to learn. BVB till I die, motherfuckers. Yeah, something like that. I wore my, <laughs> I, I went I went and got burger burgers at spanky burger today and mm. and i uh i wore my bvb jacket so did anybody uh, recognize it no well i mean no. i i saw maybe three people so i don't oh, okay all right well and, see i have i was on a trivia night last night uh zoom trivia night last night with a friend who uh who teaches in wenatchee and, and he actually spent a fair number of his growing up years in germany um, and so we, we taught, we talked a little bit about Germany and German soccer back when we taught together like 10 years ago. So I wore my BVB Jersey. I wore my Borussia Dortmund Jersey last night onto, uh, onto trivia night. And, uh, and he didn't say anything, which made me sad. So I thought surely he'll recognize what I'm wearing. Surely. Guess not. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I work made sure with the BVB 09 was nice and visible. Cause he was like a like I get when he was a kid and he was growing up in Germany. I guess he like he played a lot of soccer. Was a really good soccer player. I was like, so he'll know. And then he didn't say anything. But I won the trivia. So. Well, there you go. I uh, I, I have had a, my revenge. I I have a um, uh, uh, one of my coworkers, my closest coworkers is uh, she's German. She lives in uh, Canada, but she was she was born in uh, East Germany. Okay. Um, yeah, I grew up and the wall came down when she was, I mean, she's about my age, so, uh, so she came was down. Here. She remembers, like, it was, she remembers, like, soldiers on the street and, like, they're, like, weird shit like that. Um, but, but she, like, uh, I said, hey, we're picking, she's not a big sports fan. She, like, knows the teams and she's just, like, I can't remember what she said. She said, oh, you got to go for this team. And, and I was like, oh, really? Who's that? She's like, they're fourth division teams. <laughs> She's like, that's where I'm from. Like, I yeah, like, I don't think right. we're gonna follow a fourth division team. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that'd be very difficult. From right, I mean, like if you follow us on uh, follow us on at Pod versus Everyone, uh, you know, I kind of talked about how we landed on Dortmund, and and one of the rec, you know, one of the requirements was that the team didn't suck because that is stupid. <laughs> like, like if you're gonna choose to follow a team halfway around the planet, like you might as well follow a team that's good, you know? Yeah, and we but we didn't choose the like Yankee Patriots. Yeah, you can't, you of can't the, choose Bayern like, Munich. Like that's God. That like how awful would you have to be? I, I'm probably gonna offend somebody by saying that, but come on. Like, all the all the all the uh, people who grew up here and they're big Man United fans, yeah, or, like, or became on. Chelsea fans like five years ago, <laughs> yeah, or Man City fans. Yeah, now. Man, oh, Man City. Oh, that was temp. I was tempted back in like what was it 2014 when they had that ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Fi- I was like, man, like just that was so when they had the ridiculous uh, yeah. win and the, you know won the won the league with two stoppage time goals on the final day. And it, and it was it was so such a nuts like one of the yeah. most craziest sport things I've ever seen. So I was like, 
maybe I should just root for Man City, but now I'm just like, oh man, they're they're super annoying, and that they get well, their the their their owners a little sketch. And yeah, like, it's like, that's exactly. <laughs> it. Somebody told me that's like cheering for the Red Sox, and I was like, okay, I got it. All right, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I can't do that because it's like, you know, they were, I was like. I don't know. That seems pretty cool. Like they didn't win anything forever. And then all of a sudden they got good. And they're like, well, do you know how they got good? I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, they have like a, like a Middle Eastern oil prince who dumped like a billion dollars into players. And I'm like, oh, so they bought it. Yes. <laughs> Cause you can do that in soccer. And I'm like, uh, okay, never mind. That, that. So, so now I've joined, I've joined Zane Murphy also in becoming a Spurs fan. And, uh, so now am I, uh, my you European of, soccer allegiances. I got my German team. I got my my English team. I got my Northwest team, which uh, they're showing a replay of the 2017 game against the Sounders. I don't know why ten, you would want to watch that. Ten man Sounders just scored the equalizer, Clint Dempsey header in the 94th minute. Yeah. Hell yeah. Suck on it, Portland. Yeah, that was great. And then, uh, but then of course. Uh, Welcome to soccer was, talk. One of those Craig and Jeff. No, I, I just have to get a dig on Portland because I know we have we'll have Timbers fans to listen. So I know, um, I know we have at least one. Who's, so that who's was a friend of mine. That, so. that was one of the years. Hi, Brian. Port, Portland won the Cascadia Cup that year. Um, Portland has only won the Cascadia Cup twice when the Sounders were actually a part of it. Two of their Cascadia titles are the two years in between when uh, the Sounders went to MLS. And it was only Vancouver and Portland playing for it, so they 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 they're they're last with four Cascadia Cups, um, and then they also uh, only two of them have come when all three teams are involved. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, that's a good way to wrap up soccer talk this week. <laughs> Congratulations, Jeff, on all the new black in your wardrobe. Hell yeah, and yellow, man, it's and awesome. Yellow. God, it's so great to have new colors in my like underrated part of being a sports fan is like all the different colors and stuff. And it's like, I got so much blue and so much green and so much crimson. And now I get to add yellow. It's awesome. All right. Well, I, we talked about how we, <laughs> how we, how we, how we, how we hate Schalke <laughs> or FC Schalke, like yeah, till we, we die, screw those motherfuckers. Um, rivalries or derbies are That's the best a good transition. We'll talk about WSU's Derby now. Derby. The uh, the Apple Cup, um, which we hate talking about because it's oh. a it's a miserable institution in the state of Washington. Um, but today, uh, Brett McMurphy of Stadium, which that which always throws me off. He's been there for a couple of years now, but it's just weird. Still um, feels like he works for ESPN. Yeah, right. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Network. Um, that that famous. Uh, sports news uh, source um, is uh, reported today that some conference schools are having um, preliminary discussions with other conference members about possible home and home series this year in case all of their league members can't play. Um, so Theo Lawson of the spokesman floated the idea of like, hey, how would you feel about two Apple Cups? Jeff, how would you feel about two Apple Cups? that <laughs> no oh my god can we go with zero apple oh, cups shit no uh yeah that's like can we make that the option instead like we just don't play the, like that would be the only upside to canceling the football season would be like 
we wouldn't have to play an apple cup. Hmm. Actually, that's attractive. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't need more of that miserable no. like time of like in my life. I don't need two of those days, two of those weeks. Um, but I do know there are a lot of Kook fans that pretty much only pay attention to the Apple Cup. Yeah, they'd be. So they would get to pay attention to two games. Oh, my season. God. Double your fun. They'd Double be so your excited. Fun. I just imagine those people are very sad all the time. Yeah, like, well, you know what, though? Like, so I know some I know some people like that. So I don't I don't want to like and, and they're wonderful people. So I don't I don't want to like talk down too much. But it's also like they just like they have a different uh perspective on that game than than my unhealthy perspective on that game right like like my unhealthy relationship with sports is not their relationship with sports right so like for me it's like oh another god fucking damn it apple cup they just like when we have to write oh, about it and i gotta and write about it and i gotta we have talk to about it pretend that we don't already know the outcome uh, and i'm just like Oh, and, and you know it just makes my life miserable and i like the ribbing at, at, at work that just drives me nuts and i'm like oh i just hate it and like so but these people are like if they win if we win if someday we win the apple cup again they are just like on cloud nine. Oh my god this is the best thing ever and when we lose it's like oh shucks we'll get them next year and i'm like no we won't <laughs> Like we don't. We, ah, I want you to feel my pain, and they and they just don't. Which I I sort All of, of envy you them feel for, my right? pain. I envy them. For oh, that, But I also I mean, hate them for it. I I envy. Uh, I mean, the, it's ninety five percent of fandom. I guess it's like ninety nine. We do have the Sounders, who are typically more fun to watch, and yep. but like, but like ninety nine percent of fandom is like. I guess WSU football has been a lot more fun lately, but like, yes. whatever is just like a lot of just being anxious, being angry, being frustrated. Sure. And then you of course have the, the highs are the highest, like they're high highs that like a casual fan is not going to feel like they're, they don't feel like, like just a, like a casual fan would not have the like out of body experience I had when WSU beat five and five and five Oregon state to get a sixth win. Like I can't like after coming back, like they just don't have the same feeling, but on the other side, they're happy that that happened and they're not miserable if it didn't happen. Like, so like they don't, they, they don't go to bed like on random nights thinking about the UCLA game. Like, like I do Like, like, Oh fuck. No, no. Like the the scoreboard flashing in your mind as you're trying to fall asleep. Right. No, they they don't have to deal with any of that. Right. But they also don't get to you know I can fire up that game, fast forward of course to the very end because we've already covered that game on here and it's an incredibly stressful experience even when you know what's happening. Just go to the end, the last couple drives, and it's super fun. And you kind of get that feeling. You get a little bit of that bottled feeling that you had the first time. But so you can do that, but also you get to feel all the pain all the time. So I don't know. Like it's uh, we have our existence. They have their existence. Um, theirs is probably much healthier. Uh, it's, it's one. It's definitely healthier. 
<laughs> like there's no doubt about that. But they're not living life, man. That's true. You gotta That's live true. life. That's true. They don't. Existence they don't ex- is pain, Jeff. That's true. They don't experience the uh, all the all the gamut of emotions. Like we are like the inside out fans right like like we've got anger we've got joy we've got sadness we've got disgust we get lots of disgust i will a little plug because we're talking about this if you want to hear some of these stories of me um go ahead and next week we're going to have the uh the mega cast for the 2006 2007 basketball season that we recorded last night and you can hear some great stories of me at my um angriest and happiest and uh it's it like i I just and i know you do too jeff because even just like watching a game at at home on the couch with you um but like or or at a bar or whatever like you don't even have to be at the game and neither do i like i amanda just kind of like we are giant balls of stress yeah amanda just watches me act like a petulant child like while watching cougar football like cougar football does it to me more than anything but yeah Maybe like playoff Seahawk football, I can get like start to get if it's the second round, then I yeah. start getting, you know, um, but but or, and maybe if the Mariners were ever in the playoffs again, which they won't ever be. But um, yeah, so no, 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 I don't no. want two Apple Cups. Also, I don't foresee this happening because in the Pac-12, if there's going to be any schools that aren't playing, it's going to be us. And well, it's. It, I mean, it, all this it, came down from the fact that the Cal State president, right? Or is it president? I don't know. Like whatever the spokesman was for the uh, Cal State University system, which includes UCLA and Berkeley. Um, well, you know, the, so said, said Cal State and UC are, are the same thing. I think so. I, I believe so. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I don't, somebody said they were. It was all part of the same system but maybe it's not i don't know anyway the the announcement was that you know they're gonna go uh that they're definitely gonna be online in the fall and it was like oh well and the ncaa is like well if we don't have students on campus emmert already said this if we don't have students on campus we probably shouldn't have athletes well, they, on okay campus. just to correct they are different systems okay but they both both said the same thing okay got it got yeah. it so there we go so anyway so if the, if the idea is that you know, you've got a Pac-12 minus, you know, minus Cal and minus UCLA and, you know, whatever. Do, you know, what do you do? And it, you might be right. I mean, Washington might be one of the ones that isn't like that. But I could also see, you know, I mean, look, it's not like Whitman County has been devastated by the virus. Right. So I don't know. um yeah, I don't know how that plays out as far as, you know, each school making their own decision or the Pac-12 is you know, one for all or none for all. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, WSU is in, I mean, not that other schools aren't in spots because everybody's in a spot. Everybody has spent money that they didn't already have. Right. I mean, we all do it. I have a mortgage, right? Right. You have a mortgage. And if we spontaneously lost all of our revenue, we'd be really screwed and it wouldn't matter how responsible we were. Right. So, you know, WSU, like a lot of, places is is in a spot where they've got bills to pay they've got you know facilities that they've built or are building that you know have mortgages basically coming due and so they can't they can't have zero revenue and if they have any chance at all to play football then you know they're they're probably gonna gonna take it so um yeah it's it's gonna set up some real interesting conversations about what happens and 
uh, you know, do some people play if not everybody can play, right? The Pac-12 typically has this all for one, one for all mentality, but right. I don't, and, and probably more so than a lot of conferences, to be honest, um, and, and probably not to their benefit most of the time. So yeah, uh, this is a situation. Often WSU's benefit. But. That is true, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how it plays out. I know this is like way in the future. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen four months from now, and, you know, I, I think that's kind of silly, but at the same time, you know, it's, there's not a lot else to talk about, so here we are. Well, speaking of what's going to happen four months from now, uh, WSU dropped some interesting news on its uh, season ticket holders today. <laughs> yeah, um, we got an email. Uh, you can pull it up somewhere. Um, well, it's email linking to the ticket policy. Um, so basically, uh, WSU laid out uh, a three-option policy for if the season is canceled or partially canceled. Um, basically, there's uh, option one, option two, and option three. So I'm going to read them out. Um, you, if you're listening to this, you probably already heard them, but I don't care. You may have not. You may come to the come to this specific podcast for all your Cougar news, um, which uh, it, that's at your own behest. But um, option one, you can donate your 2020 football season ticket and parking payments to support WSU student-athletes. Um, you obviously can cl- then claim um, that money as a gift. Um, Entirely tax-deductible. Yeah, like, um, fully, which um, an important um, note is, uh, I believe it was three, two or three years ago. Yeah, um, At, when, uh, the, when the Republican tax scam passed. Oh yeah. So, did I say, so wait, did I say that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so a, a couple of years ago, it, it um, closed the book. Uh, so basically, any donations tied to um, to tickets uh, don't count. You, you cannot deduct them as a charitable um, donation. So, uh, so but th- in this case, you would be able to do that, and you also would be a very nice person. Um, just uh, give it. Just like, very generous. Fine. Take all the money. Um, Very generous for a service that I was not provided. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, option two, you can credit your 2020, which I believe this will be the most popular option. Um, I would think cr- so. Credit your 2020 football season ticket and parking payments and calf contribution to the 2021 football season. Um, so season ticket holders can then request their 2020 football season ticket and parking payments be applied um prices for 20 this is important to note prices for 2020 2021 football season will be the same as 2020 so it, you wouldn't it wouldn't be like okay you have 40 bucks left to pay or something right. um and option three <laughs> this is um, the most interesting one so you request you request a refund i cannot say that i turn into b when i try to say that word request a refund for your 2020 football season ticket and parking payments which, yeah, sure, yeah. But your CAF contribution related to the 2020 f- football season is now fully tax-deductible and be acknowledged as such with updated gift receipt. Um, that means you cannot... <laughs> so if if you are donating specifically for your tickets, they, even though it's not viewed by the only people that matter how they view it, uh, how it's viewed, um, as a charitable donation... Um, WSU will not give that money back. They're just going to keep that money. 
So you you can just decide again that you just want to donate that money, which is fine. You know, when I lived in when I lived in Vermont, I didn't have season tickets, but I donated money, and then I I basically was when I moved back, I was still doing the same donation, and I just bought whatever tickets fit under that donation. Um, so um, there's people that could be doing that, but I I think like a, a lot of people uh, donate a, an amount because it's tied to the tickets. Don't you as, think it's most people that do that? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure. most people just donate whatever is tied to the ticket, and they look at the total amount because i mean when you look at the um you know when you look at the seating chart right like like they they do break it down for you but it's like the total is right there on the seating chart yeah it's like and, yeah, here's the and, ticket price here's the membership donation that's required here's the total price for your ticket because all the tickets there isn't much variance in their base price like i i, I think like the the like the the club tickets are like 50 dollars more a year than the Right. Than the tickets down below, like it doesn't. There's not much variance there. What the variance is is in the, is in the donation. Your your median price is four ten, for just the base ticket price, and then on the upper end, the most expensive ticket is four ninety, for the whole season. Yeah. And then on the lowest end, the lowest down from four ten is two seventy five. But that's that's, that's really like low. the family pack, right? right? So the family pack is two seventy five. There's one that's like three fifteen. Uh, and those are like the, re- the, the end corner zone. seats. Yeah. And then uh, and then anything that's on either side of the stadium is all basically 410 and then the and then the club seats are 490. And the only difference is okay so but the the median uh, CAF donation is like 650 and then like the highest donation requirement is 2900. So like that's like that's the entire difference well. in the seats. So. Unless, of course, you're up in the suite, and then it'll be much higher. Yes, then but, that's uh, very, that is different. We're not talking <laughs> about suites. But, but, uh, yeah. but, so, does that, I mean, really, d- how many people actually donate, like, independently of, the, I mean, I, I, th- I don't know the I think there's rates. definitely people that they, they might be in. I mean, there certainly are. They're in the 10,000 level, which I think is, like, not, is 25,000 champion circle, 10,000 is something yeah, else. Um, they might be in that, but they might only have, like, a couple loge box seats, so they, which are, like, so they're above that um, because most people cannot get like a suite. So like the, I, I know that there's only like one private suite, <laughs> like, uh, like all the other ones are uh, companies. Um, and so that like the, the, you, you can't really go higher than that 20. I guess they would have like, if they had four low sheets, of course they had a family or something. Um, but I, I feel like a lot there's at that level, there's probably people that donate above, but I think on the lower levels, um, yeah. Like if someone has, um, even, uh, especially at the, the, the basic club level, I, you know, cause already it's such a big, um, payment, you know, like you're having to pay, um, at one point it was 1750 for the side ones. So per seat, um, uh, you're looking at this thing, but yeah. I, at one point it was 1750 for like the corner, like the corner, uh, um, one. So like if you're getting in, to in the t- club in the club, yeah, yeah, that's still what it is. Yeah. So like, so you're already like, if you, if you want just one ticket, you're already having to donate 1750 and then plus 490 or whatever for the ticket. And, and so you're, you're at 2200 and, um, I I know there's people that donate more. I know for a fact I have friends that donate more than that, but they just want the one club seat because they don't have people come over to do the things or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think, yeah, you're right. Like the most, most people in the stadium look at what they have to donate to get their parking pass that they want, whatever. And then they do that. Um, but this will put them in the po- point where you're not getting that. Um, like I donate, I, up, I, I, I donated, um, like a certain amount and then I got a, a, a raise and I, and I got a new job. And so I upped my donation and then I was able to move back to some seats that were, um, that I, that had upped their donation previously, but really like I upped my donation cause I wanted to. Um, and then, but I'm sure in the back of my mind, I was thinking about like, well, I can move back to those seats that I liked before. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, we're in agreement, right? That it's it's pretty disingenuous to for, of the school to be like, oh no, it's a donation. Why? Yeah, would you, right. Yeah, why would it's you want the donation back. It's you've already donated. Well, yeah, because they. I mean, because if they if if a school could not like if all schools, this is not just WSU. If any school, because every school does it this way, um, if they just flat out said that my season tickets were. Um, I, like my seats are $500 donation each, and then the tickets are $410 each. If they told me that my WSU season tickets were $910 each, like in your mind, you're like, holy crap. Like those are, that's a lot. But if you kind of separate it, like they're able to make people kind of separate it in their mind because you're also thinking, okay, because I buy these tickets that qualifies me for an A pass because I have two of them. Like, uh, because my donation qualifies for a pass. So it's like, and, and there's like, because you're at the thousand dollar donation level, there's certain benefits that you get or whatever. It's not like a ton, like I get like a tchotchke or whatever, but, um, but I get a, a parking pass, which is the most important thing to me. Um, that is important. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, but other than that, like if they advertise it, like it probably be harder for them to sell those tickets. Like it, like just it's it's amazing the the psychology of just looking at a price point but when you break it up like it it, it can kind of like make people um change it be- also because you can do your donation in a monthly so basically you can pay for part of that you know in 12 yearly installments and then you pay for the other half you can actually do in five um if you if you renew right away they give the option to do five separate payments um but but yeah so basically you can break it up into to like into a budget type of thing rather than a one big payment sort of thing and right. I, I so think you that helps get your club seats if you get those club seats you were talking about you're talking less than two hundred dollars a month year round yeah Which, exactly I mean it's not chump change but it's also not a car payment it's not you know so so it's it's important I think for schools to break that up. Um, and it gives but, it an altruistic feel too, right? Like, oh yeah. You know, you're like, oh, you're not just. I'm a donor. For, exactly. You're not just paying for your football tickets. You are, you know, you're investing in student athletes and you know whatever other garbage <laughs> that they say, you know. But but it works, right? I mean, like, look, I donate not you know that much, but I donate a bit to the calf, and it's like, yeah, why? Because because I you know because I care like everybody else, so it works. I know I just outed my donation, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it's okay. I wasn't really paying attention. All right. Well, I mean, if you you know where I sit, like you could look at that, that is thing. true. Like it's not that, that hard. <laughs> I can figure that out actually pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then there was one other piece of that uh, 
email as well. Did you see that part? Um. Oh yes, this is the most important part. The we, what you called the publishers clearing house, or what is it? Was it called? No, uh, like what the, was that it's place like called? The Columbia House CD. Columbia House CD, CD clause. Club. We'll call that. Yeah. This is the Columbia House clause. Is that? So you got to be of a certain age to understand that, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to be at least thirty to at understand least, I that. I think so. Yeah. Um, but so, so the, I, I like this. We're calling it the Columbia House clause. Um, yeah. And we'll explain what that means after I read it. Um, so if this announcement comes down, they're canceling the football season. The clause is, please submit your preference of those one, two, or three within two weeks of an announcement of the impacted 2020 football season. If we do not receive a response with the two-week window, your respective 2020 football season ticket and parking payments, as well as your CAF contribution, will be automatically be treated as a tax-deductible donation to the annual fund to support student-athletes with an updated receipt to inaugural purposes. You will default to option one. So they could very, like, they could very easily default to option two here. Like, they could yep. easily default to option two. Which would be the right thing to do. But no, you default like two weeks is not that big amount of time. There's plenty of people that could totally miss that in a two week span. Yeah. Um, and we're and, gonna we're just gonna keep your we're just gonna assume you wanted us to keep all your money. But no, you want you had to continue that audit. Like you you didn't cancel the free trial of the Columbia House CDs. You you like you forgot you got the twenty CDs that you get to keep. But you forgot, and then you just keep getting just CDs keep every getting month, CDs in the and mail. then your your card gets charged every single month. Um, and 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 I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uh, kind of modern um, <laughs> subscription services that are like that. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, this is exactly what that is. Like two weeks, because it's usually like okay, six week free trial. The nice thing on like on like Apple, like on the the App Center, if you sign up for a subscription. And you know you just want the free trial. You can cancel it immediately, but it yep. gives you the free trial through yep. the end. Yeah. Um, but you, this is not so. You have to be on time to like That's cancel right. it. Just like with Columbia House, you had to be like you had to cancel it on the right day. Like you couldn't just say okay, it's canceled. You had to at least wait till the CDs got there before you canceled. Right. Uh, yeah. But, this is. I mean, this is pretty blatantly stealing money. And I, you know, I, I I generally want to give WC the benefit of the doubt, at least at this point, because you know, as long as Pat Chun has been there, they've generally done things right. They've generally, uh, you know, been reasonable with things, and you know, I mean, they've obviously ever everybody has missteps, but for the most part, they they tend to do things right. Um, this is so like to me, obviously wrong that it actually more reveals and underscores just how desperate um, the situation would be yeah. if, if the football season got canceled. And, you know, we talked about that earlier, but um, yeah, I mean, that would be like, that's like a doomsday scenario um, in so many ways. And so what they if, do say for the, uh, the reason for the two weeks within the announcement is that it allows to update any respective gift acknowledgement, all right. acknowledgements in, yeah, the, in sure. advance of the July 15th yeah, sure. uh, IRS deadline. Sure. But, uh-huh. but yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like, so they're looking out for you yeah, before right. you do your taxes. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it seems slimy, it seems shady, and, and it probably is a little, but it also is like, you know, desperate people do desperate things. And this, like, honestly, it smacks of desperation. It's like, look, we're going to 
we're going to try and grab every penny that we can. You know, they're going to let you roll over your tickets into next year, uh, you know, which, of course, doesn't really help them out eventually like but uh, it really just kicks the can down the road right but it does help them bring in revenue um when they need revenue and so you know i get it i understand why they're doing it it's also shady as hell but uh you know let's let's hope it doesn't come down to that let's hope it doesn't come down to that yeah uh, i want to go to football games in the fall that would be great um but uh yeah I, i'm trying not to uh uh predict what's going to happen um but yeah it's uh i I think at the very least there's going to be some sort of impact to the schedule i i i don't i don't think the the schedule um will go on as planned uh, i think money is going to win out as it always does there will there will be a season well yeah but i don't think there are too many bills to pay i don't think the schedule will look like it looks like right now I don't think yeah. we're. I In don't, what I don't way? think all the. I don't think all the games are happening when they're when they're scheduled to happen. Okay. Like we we like. There's just been so many delays and like there's like I saw someone tweet that like there's there's only supposed to be three months of the season right now, but like there's so much. I don't know. There's like preparation. I I don't know. We'll see. Um, I definitely like I I, I don't know. I I, they, not to mention the fact that there'll be another uh, a season of this uh, virus. So um, the, the season could be very well halted in the middle of it as well. I think that's the part that makes me, and, and you know, we like to say none of us knows anything. So full disclaimer, none of us knows anything. Um, but, you know, my training as a journalist taught me to always follow the money and follow the money, follow the money, because like so many decisions get made just based off of money. And there is there is far too much money wrapped up in this. Um, There's a lot of money wrapped up in the NCAA tournament. That too. But I I, they just didn't have a choice in that one. Um, I think the further down the road we get with this thing, the more and you're already seeing it. Right. I mean, there's the you know, the covid fatigue that's already happening. You know, people are out and about. I mean, I went to Safeway tonight and it was like pretty much like any other night oh yeah when i you know yeah Uh, and i go go on runs i i just i have to dodge so many more people i mean people are tired of it and and i understand why and so this is not a value judgment but it's like i think that's representative of uh people feeling like it's they're they're willing they're i just feel like people are probably going to be willing to put up with a certain amount of sickness um which sounds terrible and you know, whatever. But I, I just, I think that there are too many financial realities to this and there, there's going to be, uh, people are just going, people in power are just eventually going to make, uh, make their peace with the fact they can't protect everybody during this. Um, and they're just going to make a, well, like, you know, we just, we talked about the Bundesliga, right? Or they they feel people in power may feel like that's the, well, like for example, people in power at the, uh, co- the conferences and stuff just feel like, well, it's not our job to protect people from this. Right. So, right. And, you know, we were talking about the Bundesliga earlier. I mean, they had a couple of players on one of the teams test positive and the, you know, so the whole team goes into quarantine for 14 days and everybody else is pushing ahead with preparing for, you know, preparing for the season to start. I mean, it's, I, I, I think that's going to more be the reality. They're just going to, 
you know, do what they do. And when somebody tests positive, they, you know, put them aside and, um, you know, quarantine people. And I just think that the reality is going to be that people are going to get sick. And um, I, I just think people are going to make their peace with the fact that people are going to get sick, as awful as that sounds. And we can, you know, we'll probably not get into the, the morality or the ethics of that. But I, I do think that's kind of where we're heading. Um, the only part, the only part that gives me a little bit of pause is that the NCAA is in this very strange place of not being a professional league, you know, and the players are not paid and the players can walk away at any point if they want to. Um, you know, so the players actually have a lot of power here and, and maybe they're going to realize how much finally realize how much power they have. Um, over this situation, you know, a pro league, you know, it's a little different. I mean, you know, pro football players, you know, for years have been, you know, making their peace with what, you know, that sport does to their body. Um, you know, the NCAA is in a trickier spot. You know, Emmert, I talked about how Emmert said, you know, maybe we shouldn't have sports if the other students aren't on campus. And it's like, well, that's sort of the logical, uh, that, that's sort of the logical end to their argument they've been making for decades, which is, oh, these are just athletes, you know, students who play sports, right? You know, they're, they're amateurs. They play for the love of the game, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, now that you're in this spot, it kind of, kind of maybe boxes you into, uh, um, you know, to a decision that, that doesn't really work. I, I just don't know, like so many institutions are going to get, you know, financially, uh, erupted, you know, if, if there is no football season, um, and the ripple effects and, and it's not like, it's not like this is the only thing affecting the colleges, right? I mean, if they go all online, there's going to be a lot of students that are just going to be like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go ahead and take that year off and right. I'll come back in the next year. So they're going to lose all sorts of revenue from that too. So, um, typically, as we know at Wazoo, when athletic departments go in the red, um, you know, the university is there to bail them out. Uh, that That is not going to happen. That That's <laughs> – there's not going to be enough money there uh, for, for, the, for the larger campus to bail out athletic departments. So uh, tricky times, man. Tricky times. Yeah, and I, I do wonder um, how players feel because given that uh... – kind of some of the uh, after effects of COVID uh, seem to include a reduced lung capacity. Um, I know that my um, uh, Amanda was uh, on a Zoom like happy hour with her, some of her friends that live around the country and, and one of her friends uh, lives in New York City and, and actually um, just got over, got over COVID um, I think mm. a, a week or so ago and she's uh, she still just doesn't doesn't have the lung capacity that she did before. Um, and we saw Von Miller talk about that to, yeah. uh, this week as well. So, I, I mean, if you're an athlete, your lung capacity is a big deal. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they, uh, yeah. how, how they respond. Um, but yeah, uh, either way, uh, well, we, uh, we'll know the options we have, uh, for, uh, as season ticket holders. Um, yeah. Option two all the way, baby. Um, <laughs> Also, option four, I hope I get to watch football games in Poland. Um, yeah, let's hope for that option. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Uh, maybe we should take a break, and then we'll get into some other stuff. We'll talk about beer. Uh, we'll talk about our favorite WSC basketball coach, not named Kyle Smith. Um, we'll talk about – what was the other thing we had to talk about? Oh, we have recruits. There are yeah. recruits. Two There's of them. recruiting news happening. The mystery recruits are revealed. Woo. All right. So we'll we'll go ahead and take a break. 
and then we'll be right back with all that. And we're back. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, once again, I thought this was going to be a short episode, but we are 40 minutes in and, <laughs> um, we haven't even talked about like the first two things I thought of, uh, but yeah, but let's, uh, before we get into that, Jeff, uh, what are you drinking? I am having a Lagunitas Hazy Memory IPA. It's, uh, as you might imagine, a hazy IPA. I know this will come as a shock. Is it, so. is it? Like a triple IPA? No, no. Oh. Just uh, although it it probably should be with a name like Hazy Memory. Yeah. Well, uh, it is eight percent. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's eight percent. So it's a double you know, maybe, IPA. Maybe classifies as an Imperial IPA. Or a double IPA. It's the same or thing. Double IPA. It is the same so, thing. There's no yes. difference. Yes, I knew that. Uh. So yeah, it's it's actually uh surprisingly good. Um. I I don't know. Like whenever. Whenever breweries start to get a little too big for their britches, you start to start to wonder if the quality is going to drop. And then also there's little, you know, it just kind of gets to be a little bit of a, you know, you just kind of make a little bit of an assumption. Oh, they sold out. Right. Um, but this is this is actually quite good. So I dig it. Yeah. And for uh, for people that might not know, Lagunitas is owned, fully owned by Heineken. Um, that is what Jeff was referring to. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Lagunitas has made a lot of good beer, and uh, they they seem to even after the acquisition have made more beer. Um, they keep their price point down pretty well, yep. just compared to like uh, Ballast Point, which pretty much went under <laughs> almost like because uh, they got acquired. But their Constellation, who owned them, pretty much kept the prices um, at the same level. Like, like at these higher levels um, where Ballast Point had some of the more expensive, like before kind of the price inflation we've seen in craft beer, but like Ballast Point, you know, it'd be like a, you'd, they'd have like a $13 six pack of Sculpin yeah. IPA next oh, to yeah. it. Oh yeah, you'd be, and you'd be going all over the place trying to find Sculpin, you know, you'd be like, yeah. oh, I found and the, it. And that'd be next to a $9 six pack of Lagunitas IPA or an $8, right. whatever. So like the average person who doesn't give a crap, they just want an IPA, a craft IPA, that they're going to go for the $9 one. And Lagunitas did that with their um, they, their barrel-aged stouts. They've incredibly cheap, like $2 per bottle of barrel-aged stouts, like, it, it, which were still very good. Um, and so they've done that. Um, it, some of it's undercutting the market and getting your, getting your taps in and, and getting your shelf space and stuff um, because, you know, to, for the, the – the the bar or or shop themselves uh that upfront cost of purchasing the is much lower than you know a, a local craft beer who's maybe charging like twice as much um so that's kind of part of the reason people hate ab because they do that on purpose but right. but yeah they've kept their prices down so if you just want to try one i'm guessing you got that one from costco Jeff. i actually did they, they uh surprisingly right no it was uh it was just it was on the shelf it was a four pack for like I don't know, eight or eight fifty, like a super mm-hmm. good deal. Uh, most I, pints. Yeah, most good. most like the cheapest you'll see from a craft brewery typically for a four four pack of IPA pints um, is like twelve bucks, yeah. and that's even. But you they usually they're hovering around fifteen to twenty yeah. bucks. So this was it was super cheap, and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I picked up a you know picked up a six pack of Lucille from georgetown picked up a six pack of Bodie from georgetown while i was at it you know and i was like okay well i'll try this and like i said surprisingly good well knowing uh 
Costco, if it was eight bucks there, they probably are charging like fifteen cents over cost, and so like it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably, probably it's probably be more like eleven bucks at a, probably, at a bottle shop. Yeah. Probably true, but yeah, I was I, like I said, pleasantly surprised. What you drinking? Um, I am drinking. I I went dug dug into the cellar for this one. Um, I, as you know, I'm t- taking log of my beer. Um, so this is one of the ones where, why do I have two of these? Uh, might as well drink one now. Um, so this is Black Butte 28, 28th birthday mm. reserve. Mm. Um, Imperial Porter brewed with cocoa, vanilla, peated malt, and sweet orange peel with 50% aged in bourbon and scotch barrels. Um, Black Butte or Deschutes has always done that. Like they only age a portion of their barrel aged stuff in barrels, which is kind of weird. Um, because uh, like the best version of their barrel aged beers I've, I've had is their rye whiskey abyss, which is a hundred percent aged. And it's like, why don't you just always do that? Cause yeah. beers would be a lot better. Um, well, I assume it's more expensive. Right? So it is, but so they're basically they're aging for, they're blending fresh beer with aged beer. Um, this has got a lot going on, obviously bourbon barrels, scotch barrels. So, um, I was half holding my breath, expecting this to be very peated um, with the peated malt and the scotch barrels. And I do not like that in a beer very much. Um, I'm fine with it in scotch, but like in a beer, I'm, it can get because you're drinking such larger quantities. But truthfully, it's not it's not that present. Like it's very, very weak. Um, this beer, of course, is also um, from 2016. So a lot of... Um, those things could be muted at this point. The cocoa, vanilla, pita malt, all that. The sweet orange peel is definitely very present. I don't know what sweet orange peel means. Um, are there orange peels that are sweet or is this... Uh, I've always like, known orange peels to be super bitter. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Maybe um, is there an actual like varietal of orange that's called sweet orange? Okay, I'm going to look this up while you're talking. Maybe. I mean, all oranges are sweet that I've ever had, but um, some of them are sweeter than others, uh, obviously. But the peels still are never sweet. Okay, here you go. By the way, there is a sweet orange. Ah. So there you go. So that's definitely still present. And, uh, and there's a sweetness. I don't think that's from the orange peel. It's probably just from the fact that it's a big beer. Um, and maybe from the bourbon, it's pretty good. Um, it's got kind of a, um, kind of a thinner body. I mean, it is a porter, so it should like, you're not expect to be like a, a thickness of a, of a big stout. Um, it is still a very big beer. I think it hovers around 11 or 12%. I can't find it on the bottle, which is weird. The Abyss always has that, but, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I, yeah, I would say uh, if I would have drank one of, I didn't drink either of these bottles. Obviously, when I originally bought it, um, if I would have drank one first, I probably wouldn't have bought the second because um, um, it's not that great, and I can, I can find better options. Um, but it's still a solid drinker um, because it's got a thinner body. It's easier to take down. Um, yeah, a little bit of sweetness, very very light hint of that peatiness. Um, Definitely not much, uh, like, not specifically taste any cocoa vanilla. Honestly, the uh, Deschutes is a little old school, and so um, they're a little old school. So they they uh, won't uh, they won't try to hit that stuff in the face. Like they they won't try to be such a vanilla bomb like some of the new school stouts. But overall, it's fine. Um, it's it's not something I would seek out 
kind of part of the reason I don't kind of seek out these big uh, Deschutes beers anymore um, because they just don't like wow me like some of the other ones do um, that I can buy at the same stores and the same places and the same quantities. So, um, yeah, so Black Butte 28, you can find it nowhere because <laughs> it's from 2016. Congratulations. <laughs> It's a very good year. You can find there's there's one more actually. there's one more bottle in my actually I know where to find another bottle. It's in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. So beer done. Um, put a dent in that spreadsheet. Uh, I the, the spread yeah I, yeah I've gotten to we've done about this is the fourth one from the spreadsheet we've drank tonight. So a couple uh, some smaller bottles so. Smaller, like sours and stuff, so they weren't high ABV or anything. Yeah. Um, You'd only have to drink four beers a day or a night for a lot of days in a row to drink it all. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Over 200. <laughs> but not quite 250. Uh, um, so, uh, how about, let's, let's, let's talk about recruiting. Yeah. Um, I uh, we, I love it. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, it is. I love talking about seventeen-year-olds. Yes. Um, with numbers next to their names and stars and that mean everything yeah. and nothing all at once. Hell. Um, so, um, the only known commit we knew about last week was Orion Peters, but we had a mystery commit that was actually revealed like by the time I think we dropped this podcast. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, that was, uh, Christian Hillborn from, uh, Highland high school in, uh, Salt Lake city, Utah. Fun fact, uh, Highland, there's also a Highland high school in, uh, Titan, Washington. Um, it was my, uh, rival high school. There's the rival, the rival of my high school. Was the closest high school. The Highlanders. I truthfully do not remember. Because all um, I think of when I think of Highlanders is because we actually did TV show from the eighties. We 90s. actually were in we were in different classifications when I was in school. Ah. Uh, they're in the same now, but so we never played them, so I don't remember. I do remember there when my sister played them in AAU. They had the absolute worst parents who treated my sister like garbage because she dominated their stupid oh. little kids all the time. Um, That's pathetic. They were the worst. They were bad humans. All people from Highland High School parents are bad humans. Um, <laughs> just so you know. Um, anyways, I don't know about Highland in Utah though, in Salt Lake I'm City. I'm sure they're lovely. Um, but Christian Hillborn, um, his large. family, no, no doubt, was born on a hill. No. Um, six five two, two hundred eighty pound, uh, senior to be, <laughs> um, pretty big dude. Uh, a large individual, three-star recruit, uh, say a low on the lower end of the rating. Let's just say he's barely a three-star. Yeah. Recruit. He's barely, a, yeah. He's snuck in there. Um, uh, rated 130th at his position, uh, which is a tackle and then, uh, 15th in the state. Um, so yeah, um, it's a, it's a big dude. Uh, the thing about offensive linemen is um you, you kind of often uh, coaches will want to work with the body mass versus the uh the skill set and that they think they can teach the rest of it i don't truthfully i'll say that without knowing that much about what hillborn can do 
Um, but from his, his evaluations aren't like, you know, super high. So, um, but they're also not super low. Obviously everyone will say like Andre Dillard was a two-star recruit or whatever, but Andre Dillard was like a a six, two or six, four, like 240 pound guy when at the time, but, um, but yeah, Jeff, what do you think? What what, do you have? Do you have an opinion on this? Do you care? Um, what, what do you think? Does it say anything about what they're doing with this class? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, well, we're going to talk about the other offensive line recruit. I guess I'll probably bring that into the conversation here. Okay. Let's talk about the other one first. Because I think, I think looking at both of them together maybe tells you a little bit of a something, but maybe not. Maybe it's all crap too. I don't know. All right. So the other guy is Brock Dew. Doe. D-I-E-U. From Arizona. I'm just going to go with Dew. Brock Brock Dew. Brock Dew. Um, Castile High School. Delightful smile, by the way. Yeah, very nice. Very good. Uh, he's got a very nice picture. Yeah. Um, Clean cut gentleman. Another big boy, 6'2, 278. So he's a thick guy. Um, a little bit high, more highly rated and, and 80, 0.8337 or 8377, whatever that means. Um, he's 46th at his position of offensive guard nationally. Um, so, yeah, um, we got two guys, two big boys. Um, who definitely seem like they're going to be 300 pounders by the time they get out of here. Um, so yeah. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah. That's the thing is that they're not actually that big right now. Right. Like they're so six, five, two eighty, uh, six, two, two seventy eight. Now, now two seventy eight is not super light for being six, two, and you could easily see him, you know, pumping up to 300, but um, you know, he's not a guy probably and a pretty thick up, neck already. Yeah. So he's probably not a guy who ends up, you know, he's probably a guy who shows up, they give him, you know, 8,000 calories a day and he weighs 300 pounds. And then by the time he graduates within two years, he's like 250 pounds. He probably, probably plays to, I mean, he looks like a, like a center. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's the idea is, you know, he probably beefs up to around, you know, 300, um, you know, the other guy looks like, uh, the, the kind of guy we recruited under Mason Miller the last few years, you know, uh, tall, uh, lanky, if you can describe a 280 pound man as lanky, but he's six <laughs> five, right. You know, so, yeah, you know, um, what, Jeff, you know what I was when I graduated from high school at I, six, five, I was I, six, I six, four, one fifty nine. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's lanky. Okay. That's that lanky. is lanky. You're right. But since we're talking about football recruits, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like, yeah, you can, as you said, you could easily see them, you know, pump it up. So it, they do seem to have uh, somewhat of the same mentality as, um, you know, as Mason Miller did, which is, you know, let's recruit, let's recruit guys with good frames. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just going to guess, uh, that they are, you know, reasonably athletic dudes, um, and that they feel like they can add weight and, you know, and teach them technique. So, um, I, you know, in that sense, it seems like we're kind of moving forward with the same philosophy that we had before in terms of recruiting offensive linemen. Um, I, you know, I can't say whether that's really good or bad. In fact, I'll, you know, I'll even go so far as to say we're, we're not even sure if that was good or bad based off of what Mason Miller was doing, because that probably was going to start to come to fruition this year. Uh, with the guys that he recruited because it was really about, I mean, he, he was there, what, two years, right? 
So, um, yep. so for his two years, you know, we recruited, you know, and, and it was a very clear shift from what Clay McGuire was doing. Um, you know, I mean, just look at a guy like, uh, you know, who ended up not playing last year, but Christian Hangana, who was, you know, 380 pounds or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, huge dude, Sir Riley, who was a, I believe a, um, a Clay McGuire recruit who signed in, in that first class, but um, another just, you know, massive dude who is still on the team, I think, uh, you know, to, and then to go to guys who were, you know, much taller, leaner. Um, so I don't know if that's better or worse. Um, uh, all I know is that uh, <laughs> this is what we're getting right now. We're getting, we've got three dudes on the low end of, of the recruiting spectrum um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about that last week in terms of what a disadvantage this closure is for Wazoo, um, where we really need to get kids on campus and we can't do that. So, you know, I, I, right now you're seeing guys committing that, um, you know, Hillborn doesn't have really any uh, any other record reported offers, reported yeah. offers yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, Orion Peters did. Uh, and then Brock do does also most looks notably, like a smart kid. Yeah. Yeah. Most notably from hometown, Arizona state. Um, he's got offers from army and air force. Uh, so obviously a, a bunch a of Ivy guy, league schools, right? pretty much Ivy almost so all the Ivy league. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he chose to, he's got an offer from Arizona state. Uh, the coach there is Kevin Mawai, who many people will probably remember was a, um, an all pro, um, offensive lineman in the NFL for many years, played with the Seahawks, in fact, once upon a time. Um, so to turn that down and come to Pullman actually seems like a, like a pretty decent deal. So yeah. um, they must see something in him, and, and if they see something in him, then you know this this staff hasn't done anything to, to make me not trust them. So, you know, yay Cougs. Go Cougs. Yeah, and we're only three, uh, three recruits in. Um you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that right now we're landing guys that don't have a ton of other offers. Like, yeah. I think that's, you know, for better or worse, that's just kind of what we got right now. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, so uh, I, I saw it reported that uh, I saw Theo report it. He may have been reporting through someone else too, uh, but he uh, Brock do uh, chose WSU in part because of the mechanical engineering program. So, Ooh. I can't imagine being a uh, college football player and also going through a mechanical engineering Gosh, how program. How come Georgia Tech's not on this kid? Yeah, no kidding. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, or any of the techs. Uh, yeah, so, but, um, but yeah, so, Cruton, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, listener. I'm not going to take the time to break down the video of these guys ever. <laughs> like, I'm never going to do it. Offensive um, linemen are always the hardest ones. Too, yeah, just never. Typically, they don't play against dudes their size in high school. I might, I might click they on. They flatten people. I might click on a, a, a recruiting video here or there, but if the song sucks, I will turn it away immediately. Um, and that that's basically my main decision for deciding. Uh, or like my, my main my main component to to my decision is if the song sucks, um, if they chose a bad song for the recruiting video that immediately calls their character into question. Um, so this is a type of recruiting evaluator I am. Uh, so I don't know if you want to hear my opinions on recruiting. Videos. I mean, listen, I'm the guy who watched the high school video of Marquise Wilson and said. 
man, that guy looks like he's going to need a lot of time to develop. So I, I don't, I don't try to, I do not try to evaluate anymore because I'm clearly an idiot. So, but we'll just, we'll just cast a, like, we'll just, we'll just throw our opinions out there on things and, yeah. and who cares? This is a podcast. We're so supposed to do. Yeah. In my opinion, they're going to be awesome. They're going to, this is three all pack 12 yes. players as freshmen, 100%. as freshmen, like all three of them book it. Don't call me on it, but book it. Yeah. Someone wrote that one person wrote that down. He's like, oh, good. Oh, they, but they don't. I swear. <laughs> Five years from now and 400 episodes of podcast versus everyone later. He's going to email us. Remember when you said. Remember when you said I'm like, no, I don't no, actually. No, I don't. I'd like I, I go back. And, and then he goes, but you were drinking. You were drinking this specific beer, and I go, oh, yes, I remember <laughs> oh, that now. Yeah, I totally remember that. I mean, I every once in a while I go back and find I, – I see stories that I wrote at Coog Center, and I'm like – When oh, – yeah. When did I write that? Yeah, I uh, – 100%. I don't remember this at all. And, and we're not talking like a small, like, one, like 300, 200-word, you know, news write-up. Like, we're talking like, you know, 1,000 words, 1,500 words of thoughtful analysis, and I'm like – yeah, boy, shit, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> There's maybe like five. I, I think I've you've written like I have written thousands, multi of stories, multiple so. thousands. I'm definitely over a thousand at Coog Center, yeah. and I maybe can remember like five things that I've written, and then the rest of it is just stuff. You know, like like it. You just there's so many words. And I honestly don't want to ever read any of the stuff I wrote probably in the first like couple of years that I wrote for Kook Center because it's probably really bad. And I don't know how you all stayed. Oh, um, that stuff is great. Like I go also, back and see that stuff and it's awesome. What, what would be really funny is to hear our original podcast with you, me and Grady. Oh my God. When everyone would ask if I was like falling asleep. <laughs> i did find so you saw that i found the youtube channel right oh yeah and it was there was the halftime so when when we like for two games we did like a halftime i'm so uh, skinny a halftime google hangout with me and you and floyd and it was like okay let's you know let's do like a 15 minute live breakdown of the first half and I'm like, I'm trying to make this all serious. And you and Floyd both, no joke, are like laying on the couch or in bed or something. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, guys, what do you think? And you're like, I don't know. Sports uh, and shit. Uh, hey, well, sports. in our defense, it was probably like midnight where we were. <laughs> That's probably true. And this was also like, you know, this was pre this. This would have been a Paul Wolf game. So uh yeah yeah so we're down we're down 42 six um yeah. same as last week but seriously uh, though if anybody wants a, a really good laugh find the coog center youtube channel there are all kinds of hilarious videos on there uh so this was back and of jeff's hair and oh, facial yeah. hair well, is I'm part getting there. Yeah. like it's Listen, there are videos with me with blonde tips. There are yes. videos of me and this is not from 1997 no, by the way no um, there is a story behind that too. Sarah convinced me to go let uh, somebody she knew who was going through cosmetology school try out their uh, their bleaching technique on me. And oh, uh, Jeff, you're so nice. Yeah, I was, and I, you know, I was supposed to be getting tips, and it ended up being an entire bleach, and it was bad too. It was so bad. Anyway, 
So the videos are hilarious. There's videos of me trying to break down football plays, which I realized after a little while I was, you know, really bad at because I don't really actually know anything. And we are so much better off letting like Jesse and BA do those things. Um, oh, yeah. And then there's, let's see, there are other videos. Like, I mean, this was when SB Nation was like, pivot to video. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then, like, thank you, minutes, Facebook. Yeah. And then, like, five minutes later, SB Nation was like, never mind, videos useless and i was like oh all right like i still have i still have a video camera that sb nation like gave me to do it along with like a, a monopod and uh they never called me back for it so it's still sitting in my garage there's a really blue <laughs> joke that i could make right there but yeah. oh my god um, this is an explicit podcast we do have yeah. an explicit rating <laughs> too much respect <laughs> for sarah sorry that's uh, true <laughs> um uh but uh yeah so we're talking about ourselves that's yeah. always fun you know the podcast is going well but we're seriously go find that youtube channel you'll laugh it's good uh, yeah it's pretty, it's, and, and it's just pretty know, funny just know that none of us look like that except eh, floyd probably still looks like that yeah i'm like clean shaven i have shaggy hair yeah. and i'm oh, i'm about hilarious. 30 pounds lighter oh, it's fantastic. at least it's absolutely and, and i've i've it's funny i've lost like 50 pounds to get to the point where I'm 30 pounds heavier than in that, that video. Like <laughs> that's my weight journey. Um, Getting old is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fatherhood does that to you. I ran, I, I made the decision to on my lunch break today, run four miles and it just ruined the rest of my day. I was just exhausted <laughs> the rest of the day. Didn't get anything done. I'm like, I'm so tired now. <laughs> this is supposed to like, energize you i'm tired now (laughs) welcome welcome it only gets i'd love to tell you it gets better um it doesn't get better yeah i've noticed that i don't just automatically like get faster and faster as i train and stuff like my body's just like no i don't want to do this anymore dude why are you doing this like (laughs) body's like go eat potato chips it's way better taste and drink some beer you got Potato lots of beer to drink. Well, I've been doing the plenty of beer drinking, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is probably part of the reason why I'm not getting any faster. Um, That's probably part of it too. Like when I was training for my half marathon five years ago, um, I was, you know, I dropped quite a bit of weight, but I was also like, I know I would have dropped even more weight, but I was like, nah, I'm not giving up the beer. Sorry. Oh yeah. I'm running I run like so that I can drink beer, not the other way around. Yeah, I'm running like 20, 25 miles a week and I'm not losing any weight. I think I might actually be gaining weight because I'm just eating <laughs> garbage and drinking tons of beer. Yeah. It's basic math. Uh, should we talk about our favorite basketball coach not named Kyle Smith? I mean, I don't know. Actually, I said that, but I don't know. Like, He might be our favorite basketball coach. I mean, Kyle Smith's never been on the podcast. Kyle, Smith. he, Kyle Smith's never been on the podcast. That's true. Not, not even once, let alone twice. Yeah. Um, although if John came on to the podcast and we said he was Kyle Smith, I bet people would believe it. (laughs) At least the first time it would have worked. Yeah, it totally would have worked. We'd be like, we have Kyle Smith. And it would have been like, oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds a lot. That sounds like Kyle Smith. So it's fantastic. So very, very proud of very proud of John today. Yeah. Uh made himself one of those lists. Uh made him made him made it onto one of those lists. Um ESPN's 40 best college basketball coaches under 40. Uh John Andershek, uh WSU assistant, analytics wizard. Um 
checked in at number 39. Yeah. And he was also the youngest coach on the list uh, at 27. Um, I think I think I saw there was uh, only one other guy that was under 30 on the list, too. I'll bet uh, very few people who listen to the podcast realized he was only 27. Yeah. Which makes him like, because I'm thinking like, yeah, he could have been my student like eight years ago. <laughs> He's younger than my little sister. <sighs> Just a child. Just a child. What have I done with my A very life? smart child who has accomplished more in his life already than I have. So that's all right. Yeah. And I'm I'll very say, comfortable with what I've accomplished in my life. Yeah. But yeah, I, Jeff, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I, uh, I, I, I have a high opinion of John as a coach, yes. just especially from we've had so much interaction with him. Yes. Um, we can see how smart he is, yeah. uh, and it's not just the analytics. Um, he's he's a he's a smart tactical coach. Um, he, he's probably listening right now, and uh, we just want you to keep coming on the podcast, John. So we're just keep saying nice <laughs> things about you. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that that's a future head coach um, sooner yeah. rather than later. And yeah. um, we, you've seen, he seems to have that. Um, we were talking about his career trajectory um, earlier uh, today, and so he basically he was with Kyle Smith when Kyle Smith first went to San Francisco. From he you know, he was with him in Columbia, then went there was the director of basketball operations, which is not technically a coaching position. Obviously, they coach but you don't technically you're not a coach you're more of like an administrator um and then uh and then but actually left and went to a division three john hopkins to have you know an actual coaching and recruiting role and that and then of course went to um dartmouth for a year had it had, had you know a sim, similar coaching and recruiting role and so when kyle smith came up here john then had you know the experience to be hired on as a, you know not a not a DBO but actually a, a an actual an assistant coach so um, he's definitely obviously been trying to move up the rankings there and and obviously uh, people have noticed um, so good for John obviously because of our podcast we're promoting him um, we're we're showing it's it's the it's it's the influence that we have over ESPN um, to. Uh, make them see that John Andershek is great. So obviously, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Um, I, I think the thing that I like, the thing I like most about him beyond just, you know, the, the alignment of philosophy as it comes to basketball, right. With, uh, yeah. you know, analytics and, and the use of analytics and how they should uh, inform decisions and things like that. Um, is just in the, the 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 interactions that I've had with him, uh, super uh, curious guy, uh, really curious about things, wants to learn new things, um, wants to check things out. I know when we had the when we did the Pomeroy podcast, uh, we kind of worked on a, a list of questions to kind of figure out. Okay, what are we going <laughs> to ask? And and John, <laughs> I know you're laughing because you've seen the list of questions. Like John came in hot. Well, though I, I well yeah I looked at it before you did. I'm like Jeff. Have you looked at the questions? And yeah. No, I haven't. And John came um, in basically hot like we like, don't we don't we don't need to do anything. <laughs> I know he came in hot with like four pages of questions, and we're giggling because it's like, you know, and, and it wasn't just that there was four pages of questions. So it wasn't like there were a hundred questions. There were like twenty questions, and they all had like these like 
longer like reasonings and questions embedded inside questions and like it was like it was so thoughtful and it cracked us up because you know we've both done a fair number of interviews and so we both sort of knew right away that was too many questions for what we were going to be able to do on a podcast but what the questions revealed was you know a guy who was really curious and wanted to wanted to pick Pomori's brain and had all these different things you know he kind of thought about and um well yeah you don't graduate um, from an Ivy League school in two and a half years and like without that curiosity. Yeah, I feel like we don't make a big enough deal out of that, by the way. Yeah. Like he, just I mean part of the reason he's twenty seven <laughs> and has so many years of coaching experience is because he started when he was twenty. Yeah. So <laughs> um yeah, it's so you know, he did that and and I just feel like, you know, if you're gonna be um you know, if you're going to be a high level coach, if you're going to be an effective coach and, and I, I won't even just say as a coach, I mean, any discipline, any profession, um, you know, a high level of curiosity and a willingness to reflect and always continue to learn. I think those are really prerequisites to be an excellent leader. And uh, and, and just everything I've seen from John is that um, that he's on, he's he's on that track that. Um, you know, he, he kind of thinks about things the right way. He knows what he doesn't know, um, wants to learn, uh, you know, and, and is, uh, you know, he's, he's always, whenever I've talked with him, he's always incredibly deferential toward Kyle Smith. Right. Um, you know, I call him Kyle and cause I am just like, whatever. And, and John's always like coach Smith, coach, Smith. you know, I mean, he's just, you know, he realized he's working with a real smart basketball guy who he can learn a lot from. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for, uh, for John being on that list. I think he absolutely deserves to be on it. And I just hope he remembers to come back on our podcast when he's made it to the big time. Yeah. I, 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 I actually think he was a little low. I mean, I guess he can't compete with uh, Richard Pitino um, who got to be a head coach when he was like 12 because, uh, because of his dad. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like, uh, I, he's got, that was top 40 under 40. So John has 13 more years to raise up that yeah. list. Yeah. He's got, uh, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of time, but yeah. So I, I mean, obviously it, it speaks to the staff that, um, Kyle Smith has put together. Um, we have a, a good staff and, and, and you, obviously if you have not listened to the episodes that John has been on, um, you really should, yeah, you uh, they're my two favorite episodes of this podcast. So yeah. you really should. They're the ones uh, the, that feature the least amount of us talking, which is, and, and yeah, the, the ones that featured, uh, Jeff and I, the most excited. So, uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I'm sure that I know John listens to some of our episodes. He probably turned it off long ago, but, um, uh, yeah, I think, Again, um, Jeff, Jeff and I are going to shoehorn basketball into this podcast soon, every every time we can, yes, I, we especially now that we're excited about the staff we have. And, and John um, is definitely a, a, a great um, an asset of, of an assistant coach. And uh, obviously, I, I think it just is a good reflection on, on Kyle Smith as, as a leader of a program um, to keep guys like that around. So. Um, it, it, even, you know, we can see his, uh, one of his other protégés, uh, had a good year at San Francisco and, and we'll see what he can do going forward. But, yeah. um, yeah, so, um, I'm excited for him. Uh, I haven't said, a I have we probably got to, um, give him some, uh, give him, I'm sure he's gotten plenty of ribbing, um, for about it today, um, from his fellow coaches, but I, I still, I still meant to send him a text to, uh, ask him if he'll still, um, remember us now that he's <laughs> such a big shot. 
I know we we I think we both threw out uh, congratulations on Twitter, but I, I don't think he responded to either one of them. So uh, he's busy, dude. He's one of the top forty coaches yeah, he's under got forty in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Although we are, I'm looking at his Twitter page right now. We are the pinned we, tweet. We are his top. pinned tweet. Yeah. Yep. Didn't notice that. Well, actually, I. I, I haven't changed my pin tweet in a long time, but that's the one that made me consider changing it. Yeah. Was was the Pomeroy one. I think, um, I think the pinned tweet on the pod versus everyone account is just, hey, you can subscribe over here. Good good job, Jeff. That that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Good for me. Good good go. best best practices. I do like John's got good like he's got um his his cover photo is Clay Day. Um it's a cool shot of Clay Day. It looks like, um, and then uh, I don't know what his. Uh, this might be after the Colorado game. Yeah. Um. His so. his uh his profile. Um. So yeah, he's a basketball nerd for sure. Um. But yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. You got a, you got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that was pretty good. Uh, pretty good shutdown episode. Pretty good contenting. Ground. So yeah. what I have to what I what I do want to say is last night I had an absolute blast recording um a, a Coog Center Hour mega cast on the 2006-2007 basketball season yeah. for WSC which is it is my absolute most favorite sports season of all time um and you'll hear all about it uh um, i recorded it with obviously michael preston and and then a bunch of kook center authors who were in school at the time um zane and kevin zane murphy kevin dudley and uh and um shit who are you forgetting (laughs) (laughs) oh my god dude mark sandrider of course (laughs) um well, I can't believe it. I said Preston first. You did say Preston? Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought maybe um, that was so, one that you missed. So, Mark, um, I probably talk uh, the most, um, <laughs> but uh, it was also my senior year, and uh, so I have some kind of special memories about You're it. You're also um, in, like, every picture of the student section from that year, too. Yeah, we definitely talk about that. Uh, so lots of good stories. Um lots of lots of fun stories uh we all had a blast it's just uh five happy dudes talking about a happy happy time in our lives um uh if if you don't love the 2006 2007 basketball season you're a weird person totally. um so i i i would think 100 percent of kook fans would enjoy listening to that that it, season is the most precious treasure in all of sports which is the completely out of nowhere successful season yeah and those are those are the best i mean 2018 football was kind of like that i mean yeah it wasn't it was. totally out of nowhere but it was kind of like that um, the 1997 football season, which was the other mega cast that, that Preston did with, uh, with the Coug Center hour, same kind of deal. Um, you know, th- those are, you know, I mean, you and I are Seahawks fans. So, you know, the 2012, uh, season, even though they, they lost the Falcons in the playoffs was, was kind of the same kind of deal again, where, you know, what would they win 12 games, right? Kind of the low ex, the no expectations yeah, season. Yeah, no expectations, and then they explode it. You just all you have to do is have fun. You don't have to worry at all about um, 
you know, measuring up to expectations or anything like that. You're just like, every win is a treasure. Everything that you do, everything that they do positive is a bonus. Um, those are the best seasons, man. So I'm looking forward to listening to that because so, I yeah, wasn't if, in school back then. So yeah. So I if you're uh, experiencing it, yeah, I know I had a blast like listening. I had a blast listening to the 97 Megacast just because obviously I wasn't in school. And then I, I, uh, um, uh, I immediately went and watched it on YouTube after that. Um, the, 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 I'm sorry, the Apple cup that year. Uh, but I, I will say we called it, um, team less old. Who, uh, we had, uh, for that podcast, team uh, we're all slightly old. We're all still in our mid thirties at this point. But like, so it was a while ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, do So if you're not subscribed, subscribe so you can get get that shit on your uh, yeah. in your in your ears on monday uh preston says he's gonna drop that on monday um mm. thanks to my corporate rising rising corporate uh, uh i shouldn't have said my employer but whatever you you can figure that out pretty soon uh, just look me up on linkedin um uh, my my corporate zoom account so we could just record it on that um uh so yeah so Subscribe. Did you use your microphone so that you could sound totally different than everybody else, just like I did? Of course. Uh, I definitely, um, before we started, I was like, I told everyone, please wear headphones because yeah, that's yeah. the biggest thing. Oh. Um, that's the one thing you learn from podcasting. Whatever. Your mic sucks, whatever. Just wear headphones so we don't so we don't hear you back at yourself. Right. Like, um yeah so and also that's great advice if you're on your uh your your work zoom calls and teams calls and stuff like wear headphones like no like when everyone's where's that echo coming from it's because someone's talking into their laptop and then hearing the speakers come back at them that's why um wear headphones with a mic and and it works out well um uh i uh i don't know man Rate, rate us five stars just do it just don't even think about it just do it just it, it, it makes us happy um, and it lets people find us uh, more yeah. uh, put, puts put put us at the top of that WSU podcast totem pole because yeah. um, you not only get us you get the Coog Center hour which has been cranking out some awesome episodes with those Coog Center memories or those Coog, Coog memories uh, that's been a really fun series to follow um, so all that quarantine content all that you need um, you can get five stars uh leave a comment if you want um say how how great it is when john's on and then it's still pretty good when jeff and craig are are, are here um and whatever what else man that's it that's all that's uh, or send us emails questions pod versus podcast versus everyone at gmail yeah whatever yeah, subscribe uh, go kooks send us some emails we really yeah, want email emails. dude i have That'd checked awesome. that email account every single day this week and not a single person uh, sent me an email guessing how big my s- beer cellar is and i have finished logging the beers it's so obviously it's obviously in flux like because i'm drinking the beers well, now and buying someone new can beers. do the math given what you said on the podcast, well they at least so. get a range this would be like a math a this would be like a math uh a math quiz i definitely gave a range i was told there will be now. no math no there's math um, i mean we're, we're 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 a very math centric podcast. We actually are, so yeah. 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 We're not we're not good at our math ourselves. We just uh, <laughs> we we like other people's math. <laughs> yeah. It's about the same. Go kooks, Craig.
Go Cougs.